Hello and welcome to the Codex Prime Podcast. We are on episode 316. What? I said we are on episode 316. What? I said 316. What? I said 316. What? I said 3... What? 1... What? 6... What? Because Codex Prime said so. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> that was kind of that was kind of decent. That was kind of decent. What, my Austin impression? Yeah. I hate my impression so much. <laughs> oh, man. Yep. So, yeah, that's right. Episode 316, and it's Tuesday, March 21st, 2023. I am your host, Victor Amoyo. And with me, as always, is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Bird. What's happening, everybody? That's right. We're back once again in the Codex Prime uh, studios here. Uh, we're just uh, going to do some nerd catch-up. You know, it's been a while, you know, since we've had a... You know, a proper two, you know, two-man episode. Um, the only thing that would have made this episode just a bit better, and I just thought about this right this second, is if we had some Broken Skull IPAs on tap here. I bought some. Well, that I had the all they had was the American Lager. Okay. And had some at my house. Drunk them all <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's it's all good. We're we're here. We're gonna we're gonna nerded up some things some movies we've been watching games we've been playing you know comics or books we've been reading you know how we do on the codex prime podcast uh, as carl is sharing the episode i just want to give a quick shout out to viewers and listeners like you like you <laughs> yep thank you for your, your uh, for your continued support you know your, your continued um you know, you, you, we appreciate you know, your continued viewership, your listenership, you know, whether you watch us on Facebook Live every Tuesday or if you listen to us on Spotify, uh, SoundCloud or any podcasting platform. We appreciate your support, you know, and your encouragement. Uh, 316 episodes down, you know, uh, yesterday, the first day of spring, winter is supposedly behind us. It's what we call spring of deception. That's where we're at. Hmm. Indeed, you know, if it's very familiar if you're a New Englander, you know, it's not going to get properly warm until the middle of May. So we're, we're going to hit some, some, you know, some, some highs of 60s and then lows of like 20s in the same day, you know, because yep. that's how that's how New England weather functions. But yeah, yeah, but, you know, we'll we'll make the best of it. You know, we're here. We're doing it. Uh, yeah, man. Um what else? What else we got coming up? As you know, it's a week or or just a week and a half away from WrestleMania 39. <laughs> that will always be the WrestleMania theme to me. Oh yeah, that is. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh god, when they rap. Oh the. Oh, men on a mission. Oh god, Mabel. And uh, what was the name of the other one? Mabel, Os- Oscar, and Mo. Mo, yeah. Oh man. Uh, John Haponic, the supervillain, is in our chat here. He says, What's happening, John? Yep. He says, 60 is still cold. Yeah, in a sense, yeah. I'm not going to decide. I'm not going to argue that one. You know, it's a, you know, he's, he's spoiled by the Houston weather. It's always perpetually warm down there. Uh, you know, um, yeah, it's funny. Uh, you know, John texted me. You know, he said that uh, he feels like he's getting old because like his uh, it's cold outside. His hands are cracked. You know, you know, a bit dry. And I and I and I suggested, hey, have you? Do you moisturize? And he says, Hey, Bill Burr. And he says, and he says like the Vikings never did it, so why should I? So I'm like, you gotta moisturize, man. Keeps your keeps your skin youthful, supple. You know, gives you gives your skin nutrients. And uh, you know you don't have to worry about chap skin when you're uh, in the cold, sixty degree frigid weather. 
man. Yeah, you know, you know, you know, you know, all, all you know for all the all of our uh, our white fans who listen, you know, you know, moisturizing is important for y'all too. Just because just because y'all can't see the ash doesn't mean it's not there. You must have listened to that Bill Burr joke recently. <laughs> no, I ha- I haven't. No, no, it's 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 funny because like you know, um, you know, because I'm 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 big on you know moisturizing. It rubs the lotion on the skin. Now, see, see, why, or, why you gotta make it weird? Or else it gets the hose again. Now it places the lotion in the basket. Slowly, look me in the eyes and tell me how pretty I am. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So moisturizing is very important, especially with your, you know, where, skincare where, routine. Where, 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 I'm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I just don't know. You know, hey, that reminds me, Silence of the Lambs. It's a great movie. Have you ever seen it? Long time ago. And, and, and in bits and pieces. All right. it, it, it still holds up, man. It still holds up. Uh, but yeah, uh, Chris Stewart, Stubert, your main man Stubert. Your main man Stubert. You say the whole thing. Like a pimp named Slickback? That's right. <laughs> your main man Stubert is in the chat here. Uh, what's up, man? Man... They had, yo, big shout outs to Pops, dude, because they had me screaming and reminiscing off of their Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles franchise episode. Yeah, that was a good one. And they, yeah, they were bringing back so much stuff. And to the simple fact, yo, they brought back the Ninja Turtles Broadway special coming out of our shelves. You know, I, I didn't know that there was a Broadway special until they mentioned it. My father my father ordered it on pay-per-view for us, and we just had a whole, like, pizza party and stuff. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. I think it's on YouTube. Mm, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to check that out. <laughs> Yo, Ninja Turtles was, like, the fran- childhood franchise. It was, like, yeah. it was, like, the MCU back then in terms of popularity. Okay, yeah, in terms of popularity. Yeah. yeah. I I remember like I that that was that was my Star Wars before Star Wars. And uh when 94 hit Ninja Turtles got played out for me and then I discovered Star Wars and that was it. Yeah. But the video games hold up though. The video games hold up. I do have the Fuck that swimming level in part 1. <sighs> Man, those are uh, that is up there. With the chairs at Woman and Infants Hospital that the men sleep on. <laughs> F them chairs. Yeah, it is. It's hard for no reason. I can only, like, with with, with, with the first Ninja, Ninja Turtles for the NES, I can only get up to the third level, like past the swimming level. And the only, the only, the only way I beat Ninja Turtles was with a Game Genie. Game Genie. I remember that. <laughs> Yep. That was the only way I beat Ninja Turtles with cheats because that game was too hard. Um, it didn't need to be that hard, but it was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I actually recently played it on the Cowabunga collection. I, I picked that up too. Yeah. So I, 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 I finished uh, the arcade game and then, um, <laughs> let's see, the Manhattan Project. That game was harder than it needed to be, man. Holy shit. Like, those NES games that were hard for. Absolutely no reason. I like I like I like the I like part two because it was a beat 'em up. Yeah. And yeah, because I beat 'em ups were always fun to me. Oh yeah, still are. Yeah, they still hold up. Cause Streets of Rage Four is fire. Yeah, 
I, I still want to play Shredder's Revenge because I, I have it. I just haven't beat it. Mm. Yeah, I think it's from the same developers who did Streets of Rage yeah. Four. Yeah. But yeah, man. Oh, oh, just you wait, John Haponic. Just you wait. Um, but yeah, man. Lots of Ninja Turtle stuff. Yeah. I will play more games later on down the line. But Carl, I know you have a, a movie review for us. I can't wait. I'm on pins and needles. Please, share your experience. Yes. So, losing the Oscars bet, Victor chose the tree of life. Okay? Um, I went into this movie scared because it's a Victor-ass movie. And I left confused Mm. what was the movie about Mm. like I'm just watching it and then just like all right Brad Pitt's a father Mm -hmm. Jessica Chastain okay that's the mother Mm -hmm. having kids Mm -hmm. oh look Sean Penn yep okay there's a little light fixture Mm -hmm. then some images Mm -hmm. some more images Mm -hmm. some more images some more images dinosaurs Mm -hmm. outer space yes some more images Mm -hmm. some more images Mm -hmm. some more images yep Brad Pitt's a strict father A kid drowns. Yeah. Little kid steals his crush's nightgown and then throws it into the water. Mm-hmm. The little kid hates Brad Pitt as a father. Mm-hmm. Father Lee. Oh, there's a big ass fight at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad Pitt leaves. People just doing shit. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, that's what the movie is just. It's just people doing shit. Mm. Just ordinary doing shit in like the 40s or 50s. Or 50s. 50s, yeah. Yeah. And then we got some images. Mm-hmm. And Sean Penn. Yeah. Then everybody's at the beach. Yeah. And Sean Penn again. Mm-hmm. In a little light abstract fixture. Yep. And then we're done. All right. This that that was such a compelling review, man. What so- the hell <laughs> do you expect me to say? So detailed. Like there's <laughs> nothing. I don't know. Is it one of those movies that are just like basically open to interpretation? To your own interpretation. So you're basically watching a movie and you're trying to piece together your own story. Because it's like, there's very little dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like people just whisper into each other's ears. So it's like, you know. Yep. Put the baby to sleep. That's good. Yeah, we might. As a matter of fact, let us keep this because it keeps her asleep <laughs> at night. <laughs> but, like, I just. I don't know. Well, um, 
it's uh well if well this I, I, this is your first uh, Terrence Malick film and uh I will say Terrence Malick his style is more his films aren't really straightforward narratives they're more about images like beautifully crafted images I will say, I will give him that I yeah. will give him that it's like those images mm-hmm. is like when you're going into Best Buy and you're looking at the TVs and they just have like the little screen savers on yep that, that that's it. It was just screen save after screen save after screen saver. Yeah, you could you could say that. Um, that's that's one way of looking at it. Um, you know, the, the, his films are more like uh, visual, like like tone poems. Like they're like they're not a straightforward narrative. They're more about like ideas. Like they're designed to evoke, you know, feelings and like memories and like thoughts from you, the viewers. Like what what you get out of a Terrence Malick film is what you bring to it, right? And this film, Tree of Life, it's actually his uh, his autobiography, if you will. You know, the the film is based on his childhood in the fifties, growing up in Texas. You know, strict parent, strict father. You know, loving mother. He had brothers. Um, Sean Penn was the older version of the older brother. Yeah, has big ass he is. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, so the, so the film has like three different, um, three different, uh, time periods that, it, that it focuses on, uh, the centerpiece of the film was that montage of like the cosmos and then the, the dinosaurs. Um, for me, my interpretation of that, of that scene is that, you know, it shows how, you know, as humans, like, you know, for all of our worries, all of our doubts, our dreams, our fears, our families and friends, loves, hopes uh and whatnot all of that is minuscule just just almost infinitesimal to the greater universe the greater forces of existence itself you know and i thought that you know showing you know come you know contrasting you know the the family to the cosmos kind of explains that um or, or or conveys that rather uh the the last part of the film where they're at the beach, that could be seen in a couple ways. It could be could be seen as like they're all in the afterlife, or like all of their uh, memories con- are converging together. All the people that they've met and then they've loved and they've, you know, en- encountered throughout their lives, and they're on the beach. You know, somehow they find themselves again. Um, it's it's also it's it definitely has a very spiritual vibe to it, uh, which which I appreciated. Even if you're not religious, even if you're you know. You know, you can you can definitely appreciate that. Uh, yeah, it's 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 just a film that I found I found moving. You know, because you know it's a film that you just whatever whatever you bring to it is what you get out of it, and that's 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 and that's the true for a lot of Terrence Malick's films. I, I think that this is this is like my favorite of his. Um, the films that he did, most of the films that he did after The Tree of Life. You know, you can kind of you take them or leave them. Although a, a hidden life was really good, that was actually more, probably his most straightforward movie, um, which came out a few years ago. But yeah, um, Tree of Life. You know, it's 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 my favorite film of 2011 when it came out. Uh, I always knew that you was one of those bougie artsy fartsy types who would just <laughs> watch a, a short movie. It just shows a girl crying, a flower, somebody putting butter on a bagel, mm-hmm. a vase breaking, and it'll just say, Finn. 
And you're just like, bravo, masterpiece. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but uh, you, you, pro- you probably you probably described someone's uh, French film, but um, <laughs> I probably did to a T exactly, <laughs> probably. <laughs> but but yeah, you know, it's 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 a unique film. It's different than what you usually get. It's uh, like I said, you know. That's why. That's why. That's why I didn't want to say too much about it. I, I did say that it wasn't straightforward. It's a. It's a. It's more of a tone poem, and it's like just, just, just let it wash over you. Just, just experience it. And I'm glad you did. I'm glad you took the time. All well, um, two hours and twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a long. Yeah. Oh, it's not that long. Mind you, I watched the theatrical version. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's it. the The, the extended cut is three hours. Sweet Jesus. Um, which, Sweet Jesus, I did not watch that. I wouldn't have made it. I, I, I watched the, the three-hour cut. I thought it was fine. No, well, I understand. There's a newborn in the house. Yeah. He cries. He needs to be fed and stuff. You know? Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. You know, the three-hour cut is fine, but the theatrical cut is, you know, was was just fine as it was. The the the, the extended version was more of like a bonus. Uh, but um, But, yeah, man. I'm glad you. I'm glad you uh, got to experience now, Terrence Malick. Now, why that movie? What made you just say, "Okay, if I win this Oscars bet, you have to watch this movie"? Why that movie? Well, it's uh, it's because um, I know that it was one of uh, John's. That was that was one of John's requests. He's like, you know, you got to get Carl to watch this movie, The Tree of Life, just to see his what 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 he'd make of it. And you know, it's um, and you know, I wanted to you know find a different type of Victor movie, you know, one that's not horror or you know otherwise disturbing. Um, so I figured, hey, all right, Tree of Life, it's 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 artsy, it's uh, it's like an experimental, you know, non non straightforward narrative. Let's see what Carl makes of it. Maybe he'll appreciate. It. Maybe he'll surprise us. I didn't. Okay. <laughs> and, and and that's fine. And that, that that is totally fine. Not judging, you know. Much. No, no. I mean, I mean, Terrence Malick. It's he's he's divisive. He's not for everybody, you know. Given his style, uh, and even there are some of his couple of his films that I I didn't really care for. But but yeah, you know. I say this. This is his magnum opus. This is his best film. Um, I really loved uh, the New World, which he, his uh, his take of the Pocahontas uh, story that came out in two thousand five. That was that was really good. That was that's my second favorite of his take of the real Pocahontas story or the Disney one. Um, it's like it's not like the, like his take of Pocahontas it it, it's, it doesn't it doesn't get into like the actual like violence of it, it like like it's it's more of like a it's more it's, it's, it's again more of like a like a visual poem um more like evoking feelings of like that time period and like a forbidden love like he, that's how, that was his approach to it um like it was it it came off as like huh that was like really really thoughtful you know like, 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 he, like he played around with the history a bit, so like in terms of historical accuracy, it's still probably closer to the Disney version than the actual story. Cause yeah, there was no, there was no uh, evidence of them to having of John Smith and Pocahontas actually having a romantic relationship. And right. by the way, Pocahontas was twelve, but then again, 
Yeah, yeah. the The film shows a Pocahontas who's considerably older. You know, oh, okay. so, so yeah, like like that film was that film was really good. Um, Days of Heaven. That was his second feature. That was really good with Richard Gere. Uh, Badlands. That was probably Badlands is probably his most straightforward movie. That was his first movie with um, uh, Martin Sheen and Sissy Spacek. Okay. Yeah, they played uh, two criminals on the run. It was it was actually based on a true story, um, which ha- kind of has like tr- traces of his early early version of his style. But it was like he told a more straightforward crime narrative. Um, but yeah, but yeah, man, this is a. Uh, this is it, man. This this is his masterpiece right here, man. If you say so. I mean, like I said, it's for everybody, but it wasn't for me. Yeah, and, and 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 that's okay. That's okay. At, at least you got to experience a taste of uh, uh, the the Terrence Malick experience. We, we, we got to do a two week movie watch along. Oh fuck that! No, no, come <laughs> on. Somehow, somewhere, we got to do it. Wait, here's the thing, Eddie from UW. He's like, I want to be there. <laughs> to for this Tubi movie watch along, and we'll just have a good old fashioned roast. <laughs> oh man, I mean, I don't know, I don't know how how much you can roast those movies. Those movies do it to themselves. Then there you go. <laughs> I mean, the, the 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 one scene where the guy humps the woman's leg. Come on, man. That's not the one I mean, but yeah, that's fine. Or the when the dude connects with the punch going one way. And yep. he completely collapsed, mm-hmm. and the girl just kind of stands there for a minute. And then, oh my God, stop! Yep. Or the guy who shoots the gun makes his own sound effects. <laughs> he goes, he goes what, what? bam. <laughs> Wasn't even impactful. He couldn't even go. Poof. Yeah. Yeah. Those movies. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm. I'm good. I'm good. Oh, you know what? Do the one that was shot in Rhode Island. Shot right here in Providence. Oh, gosh. What's it called? Pray for the Bear. Pray for the Bear. Mm, okay. Okay. What's fun about that is, like, I know where that's at. I know where that's at. I know where that's at. And then, it was, and then, but then, and then uh, the guy who created the film, Stanley, Stanley, Stanley Hot from our, Hot in our eye, like, he's mm. a good dude. So I was like, let me, I'm gonna support him, cause he's a good dude. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Best kept secret at arts, right, Rhode Island? That's right. That's right. Can't sleep on our eye, man. So, um, but yeah. Well, now that we got that out the way, um, some things that I have been watching, I didn't have much time. So I started. Okay, the season two of Bel Air. Mm-hmm. Came back, came on uh, a couple weeks ago. I don't think I'm on like episode four. Okay, I was just released, and um, I'm still intrigued. I'm still intrigued by it. They're doing a very good job. Tatiana Ali uh, made guess uh, made a guest appearance as uh, Ashley's teacher, mm. who uh, excuse me, who was fired okay. because uh, she wasn't sticking with the cur- with the curriculum. But yeah, she was you know. Given, given the the students like extra like extracurricular activities by having them read like banned books or like mm-hmm. books that would make everybody like those parents feel uncomfortable or whatever. Mm-hmm. And a lot of and she was a well loved teacher, but then she ended up getting fired. So then they staged a protest and all. Um, 
And then there's some controversy that ensued with, with that. Well, not controversy, but maybe like that's probably not the word I want to use, but like probably like some there's some plot, not plot twists either, but some conflict. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some conflicts that arise arouse up. I don't want to um, spoil. I don't want to spoil too much. But that's been going really well for me. Um, I started watching a show called All American, which is uh, which was on the CW, CW network. I think it's. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's. I'm sure it's all like finished. You know, it's uh, based on the. Uh, it's inspired by the life of uh, American football player uh, Spencer Pacinger. And it stars Daniel Ezra in the lead role, which is um, in the premise. The premise is that he was a very talented uh, high school football player who gets caught up, you know, who's living in from Crenshaw, caught up in you know that bad life. wasn't really necessarily caught up, but he was just there. But he nobody wanted to see that type of potential go to waste because it starts out he's playing a football game, and then there's the shooting at the football game. Mm-hmm. And um, so he moves from Crenshaw to Beverly Hills to have a better shot at life. So then, of course, there's always con- there's always conflict in every story. And it's a surprising plot twist that you get in the very first episode. Mm. So it also stars uh, Tay Diggs. Uh, Breezy, if you remember, who she played in Empire? Um, Frida Gatz. Oh, okay. Her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We all missed one episode of Empire and never went back. Facts. <laughs> and that's the thing. We loved that show. We, we we did. Yeah. And then, like, but then, like, somewhere the, the, the show lost steam. And then, like, we're like, eh, well, we'll get, we missed the episode. Oh, we'll get to it next week. And then we and forgot. We just never went back. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let me see. Greta O'Neill. I know I'm going to butcher Greta. Onyero, sorry, Michael Evans Bailing, and yeah, and then Tay Diggs as well, who's one of the main cat main cast uh, members. But mm-hmm. um, so far that interesting plot twist it hit me really hard. I was like, all right, you know what? Yeah, my girl recommended it to me, and then I was like, you know what? All right, you got my attention. Okay, you got my attention, so I'm. Um, Mando's back on. Mm-hmm. Thoroughly enjoying that, but it's like that's just one of those shows that I just don't really miss. Hmm. I, you know, I haven't I haven't started season three yet, but I will. I'll get to it. Yeah, it's been it's been pretty it's been pretty interesting so far. Um, the Last of Us finished. Mm-hmm. So I've heard they nailed it. I've I heard. mean, yes, they made some differences. What I liked about the movie, with about the show, is first of all, you had to tell that story in a show. Yeah, you couldn't have done, you couldn't have crammed all that into a movie. Oh no, no. And they gave more depth to certain character, to certain characters, and certain, you know, and certain pieces. Like we never knew, like what, like they, it was told what caused the outbreak but then mm. it started you remember how it started in an old TV show back in the 60s like hey the scientists were saying this is gonna happen mm-hmm. keep a lookout this is gonna happen and it did yeah. you know and it did so it gave that you have the backstory between uh oh my god Frank and Frank and Bill 
Yep. And then you actually get some backstory. They actually retold um, The Last of Us Left Behind. Oh, nice. They actually uh, they added that into the show, and then I ended up playing that. Yeah, that was a good DLC. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was. I'm glad I, yeah, I'm glad I uh, played it. Yeah. And then also, as I was watching the show as well. Nice. And then, you know, and then, yeah, they slight. My, I only have sm- one small nitpick. Okay. We just didn't get enough of the clickers and bloaters. Hmm. Okay. It was a couple more. But. Okay. So it was like more, more of the humans, less of the zombies. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, but y'all remember in the video, okay, in the video game. When they went to, uh, it was the winter, t- the winter part, mm-hmm. and uh, he Ellie meets up with those cannibals. Yeah, to a T. Wow, just the characters look different. Just mm. the actors look, you know, different actors, but to a T. Even using lines from the game. Oh, to a T. I was mad fat. I was playing it. My girl's mother, and, she, and she's very, like, conservative and stuff. And then she was watching that part. Mm-hmm. So we would get caught up, and she was like, Yo, any man who punches a little girl like that deserves to die. Mm-hmm. And she saw a home dude get butchered by that little girl in the blood. In the, and, yo. Yep. Honestly, if they do it is with much... If they stick to the formula, do it with that much care, hey, Last of Us Part 2 could be a doozy. It could. Although, like, I I wonder if uh, if they do make a second season based on the second game. I want to know. I want to see how how the how the fans' reactions would be if a certain death happens. Yeah. Because even then, I had to see if we was gonna see. That is why I'm mad. That you didn't watch it, so we can put up a spoiler warning and then just discuss this in long form, which I hope in in time we will. Yeah. Do you think the show would would last with that character gone? Mm. Like, do you think it would be able to hold up? I think if they. If if they approach a few elements from the second game differently in the show, it could come off better, better executed. Um, it would they would have to, I mean, because Last of Us is already dark enough as it is, dude, but they would have to find some way to make the 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 show adaptation of the second season just a little less dark, just more palatable, because because the second game is unrelenting in its grimness. <laughs> And they they need to if they can tone that down just slightly for the show, then I think they can they can stick the landing. But man, they would have to, oof, they'd have to do some serious. They'd have, they'd have to have some seriously, carefully thought out and excellent writing to pull off part two on 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 the screen, on the small screen. Yeah. yeah. But it's I will say it was. Handled, it was executed with care. Mm. Yeah. And that's what made it so good. 
Yeah, like if I've heard nothing but praise uh, for the show, especially from people who've never who aren't familiar with the game. My sister was my sister. She got into the get her roommate was playing it. She got into the game as she was watching, like she was watching a show. Wow. Yeah. Then she became a fan of the show. Hmm. Nice. That's it. That's what I'm saying. With care. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, that makes you wonder, like, what other games could make for great shows or TV miniseries? You know, sky's the limit with that one. Yeah, but um, let me move along to the comments realm now. I there's not a lot of new stuff, so I just decided to go with some of my like eBay pickups and. Uh, finds so right here i have the young avengers number six which is the first appearance of um cassie lang as uh what they call her stature but then she also go by sting she also goes by stinger yep. um i have uh next avengers which is the first appearance of um hope pym hope pym okay yes which is uh, kind of, so, which is basically uh, Evangeline uh, Lily's character. Okay, Hope Van Dyne. Yeah, but in the comics, she's actually Hope Pym, and she's kind of a bitch. Oh, okay. All right. Punisher number eight. And this may have a little bit of a, uh, this probably may have a little laugh. Mm-hmm. I got this for real cheap. Mm-hmm. Because it's the first appearance of the Russian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who played the Russian? Kevin Nash. There you go. <laughs> so, oh. I was like, you know what? Why not? And it was like $3. Yeah. And the comics version is considerably different. Yep. In two major ways. Yep. And, of course, you know, I got to give a huge shout out to friend of the show, friend of mine's, uh Patrick Hickey Jr., author of the uh, the Minds Behind the Games b- b- book series, which the mind behind the Minds Behind the Game behind the PlayStation games is out, and PlayStation Two will be out soon. Nice. Yo, he's banging this out. And if you go, I forgot which episode it was, but go back in our backlog because he gave us so much information. Hmm. But yeah, here's his uh, the Ballad of Gia and Frankie comic which is a tribute it's a legacy uh variant cover a tribute to the uh chris claremont wolverine cover yep and let's just say comic pro wrestling meets comics once again Mm, okay so yes definitely go to legacycomics.com and order your copy support that man because he's a very good friend he's a very good friend he puts out high quality high quality uh content Nice. You will not be disappointed. All right, right on. Yeah. Okay. So that's it. That's what I got. Nice. Yeah, uh, I guess got a few things uh, on my plate too. Um, and uh, I recently finished watching uh, a few weeks ago, actually, uh, the Peacock miniseries, The Best Man uh, Final Chapters. Uh, well, okay. I I saw it when I was finishing uh, an episode of Bel Air, mm-hmm. and I'm like, do I want to start this now? Baby started crying. And I'm like, all right. Never 
Um, now, have you seen the both Best Man films? Yes. Okay. Yep. So, uh, Best Man Final Chapters. It's the uh, the wrap up of those characters in that whole Best Man uh, universe. Same cast: Tay Diggs, Sanaa Lathan, Nia Long, Regina Hall, looking fine as ever. Black, Black don't crack at all. Sure don't. Uh, you got Terrence. Moisturize. Moisturize. That's right. You got Terrence Howard, man. You got. Man. <laughs> you got Melissa D'Souza, who's still fine as ever. Oh, like, ain't she? She is. Like, yo, black don't crack, y'all. I'm telling y'all. Um, Harold uh, Perrineau, uh Who else? Oh, Nicole Ari Parker is in the first couple episodes. Ish. Yeah. Um, and oh, and Morris Chestnut. Um, yeah, the the it's it's a it's a very very good wrap up to the final chapters. Um, without spoilers, um, how the, how certain character stories end makes total sense. You, you kind of see it coming. You kind of thinking back, you kind of had hints that this would be where they would go, mm-hmm. and based on the first two films, and it's like, hmm, yeah. Uh, some surprises too um, that the that the show uh, leaves room for. Um, the first the, the first couple episodes are a trip because like you see Morris Chestnut, he's still it, the, the, so like the, the so the the show takes place over a number of years, and um, it begins like a couple of years after um, the Best Man Holiday, where you know Mia she she passes away. Morris Chestnut uh, copes uh, the way uh, his character would by just banging every woman in sight. Um, you know. He's, he's just drowning in it because I guess that's how... You know, I guess people grieve differently. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah, just 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 straight... Just, 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 just fuckboyism. But, um, you know, then you got Terrence Howard, uh, who's who's engaged to Nicole Ari Parker's character, who's this, like, Erica Badu-like, you know, spiritual media mogul guru. Yeah, basically, like... Light and Sage. Yep, Light and Sage, you know... Three nickels and six dimes type of type of person, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and it's like it's like it's like what are you doing, Terrence? Like, well, just what are you doing? Um, Can't help who you love. Yeah, I mean, who knows the mysteries of the human heart, right? But yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> you had Nia Long's character, who's still still a high powered uh, uh, businesswoman. Um, you know her her story her story goes a pretty interesting direction as well. Although, wasn't a fan of how her, her her how her story wrapped up. I'm like, was that how was that really was that really how it should have ended? I don't think so, but that's just me. Um, and uh, and Harold Perrineau and Regina Hall, man, their their characters, man, like they have they have two uh, they have two daughters, one of whom is like experiencing anxiety. Um, there's a, there's a scene where, uh, Harold Perrineau, he, he's, he's tired of always being clowned on. He's tired of having his friends rag on him, rag on him, even if it's in jest. Um, uh, he's tired of them ragging, ragging on him as, at his expense. So he goes a really different direction that you wouldn't expect somebody like him to go. And it's like, okay, all, all right. All right. I, I, I see you. Um, but yeah, man. But yeah, man. Best man of uh, final chapters. It's it's a it's a it's a wonderful uh, conclusion to that whole best man universe. The uh, gorgeous, gorgeous cast. Um, you know, I, I would like to see 
you know, I, I would like to see more of these characters, but you know what? I liked how it wrapped. I liked how it ended. You know, for the most part. And if you and if you watch the first two films, then you gotta you gotta um, check out these uh, eight episodes. Okay, I was just getting ready to ask yeah. how many episodes. Yeah, just like eight episodes. It's on Peacock. Um, watch it, and uh, yeah, I like I, I, I to know what you think. Like once once you get around to it. Okay, who knows? Maybe we can discuss that in long form as well. Yep. Yep. We could. We could. So yeah, there's Best Man. Hol- uh, I keep saying Best Man Holiday. It is a good movie, but Best Man Final Chapters. That's on Peacock. Um, I also recently watched uh, Chris Rock's newest uh, Netflix stand-up special, <laughs> S- Selective Outrage. I did too, and it was just one hour, but man, it was it, it was it was a good set, and I was just waiting patiently for his thoughts on the slap by Will Smith, aka Suge Smith. <laughs> And he did not disappoint. And his mic drop line at the end was like, mm. "Yeah, mm. he said a word." Yep. Yeah, yeah, like, like, yeah. Chris Rock, he 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 got he got some things off his chest. You could tell that he 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 held that in for a whole year, man. And he's like, he's like, the last thing I need is another mad rapper, you know, <laughs> coming after me. But yeah, I, I thought I thought selective outrage was a really summer good. got summertime hanging ringing in my ear. <laughs> Drums, please. <Yes. laughs> oh man, um, damn, it's and and yeah, like he 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 has a point. It's like, you know, why why would why would you go on, t- uh, basically on TV on the internet basically, and. And just, and, just, and just listen to your wife tell you that not only did she cheat on you, she cheated on you with somebody who's young enough to be your own son, your son's friend. I didn't get into no entanglements. <laughs> yup. <laughs> I was like, oh, here it goes. But yeah, no, nah, she's right. Yeah, she's right. You don't, you don't put your shit out there like that. Mm-mm. And the world, he was right. The world called him a bitch. They ridiculed him. He became a meme. Yeah, he did. And then... Of that moment, and it's just like... Uh... I don't know. This thing... You know what it is, too, now? Because Jada did say some stuff. She did have a reply saying... I didn't watch the whole entire thing, but it was saying, like, Chris Rock was... Saying that Chris Rock was always, like, obsessed with her. Mm. I don't know. That's just her perspective. That's her point of view. Who am I to argue with it? Mm-hmm. But now it's just like, all right, you know what? This thing probably may not end. They're probably just going to like hold grudges when we really should be like, all right, you know what? We had a conflict. Let's resolve this shit and move the fuck on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, I, I think, I think I get the sense that Chris Rock pretty much like said the final word on it. He's not. Like, not gonna really speak on it again. Yeah, he's probably like done with it. He's like, yeah. he got it off his chest. Now let's, you know, yes, I was mad about it. Mm-hmm. These were my thoughts. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah. So like, however Will and Jada go about it, it's up to that's on them. You know, I I hope that they move forward and just put. Yeah, I hope. Yeah, I hope they. I hope they resolve it because I'm a fan of Will Smith. I'm a fan of Chris Rock's. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And um. You know, I, I like you know Jada's a good actress too. I'm a fan of some of her work too. So yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Let's just move on because you know you can't let, you can't let this slap. 
you know. But I heard, yeah, but I heard Marlon Wayne's stand up was really good too, and he commented on that as well. Mm. Oh, oh yeah, I heard about that too. I haven't seen, I haven't seen a a, a clip of that. No, actually, no. Did I? I, I, th- I think I did. I saw it like on Instagram saying that like basically like if somebody slapped him like basically like he'd send his whole family after them because they're basically they're a whole they're basically a whole gang. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> the Wayne's brothers, there, there, there's more. There's more, <laughs> and they'll roast you. I saw him on a episode on an episode of Breakfast Club. He's just like, yo, we just find something funny on it. Everything. He's like, he had a, he was at his cousin's funeral. And he was like a, in a biker gang, mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, they had him dressed up in like t-shirts, jeans, sneakers, and stuff. And he's like, I look over to Damon, and Damon goes, "If haven't got a dress code, this ain't getting me." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but it's like, you know what? You kind of do need some relatives. You do need those relatives like that. It's like we put the fun in funeral. It's just like, yo, they'll just find something funny. And in all situations, you know, kind of like even in a bad situation, you kind of just kind of lighten the mood a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, that's some or they can end up like taking that and like, all right. How can we use this like in a movie or a TV show or something? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a it's like that comedic comedian brain. Y- yes. Work. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, man, uh, selective outrage. Definitely a, a, a good set. It's short. You know, well worth checking out if you're a fan of Chris Rock. Um, I, I did, I did, I did enjoy uh, his previous uh, Netflix special, Tambourine, uh, more. I watched that one, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's, it's worth checking out, and it also, it's also Netflix's first live broadcast. Yeah. So, which which I thought was a pretty interesting um, uh, take. So, it'd be interesting to see like other live broadcasts that they plan in the future. Um, but yeah, I saw that, and I also saw a couple movies uh, recently. Uh, one of which is on Peacock. Uh, it came out in theaters this Why past January. This look like? Oh, it's uh, it's the uh, sci-fi horror film Megan, um, which uh, which is on Peacock. It's directed by Gerald Johnston uh, and written by Akela Cooper, and it's a film uh, starring uh, Allison Williams and Violet McGraw and Ronnie Chang, and it's an Amy Donald who physically portrays the Megan uh, android. And it's a it's a it's a really well well done well produced, and I say like a pretty pretty smartly written uh, sci-fi horror thriller. And it's about this um, this artificially intelligent android doll who develops self awareness and, and develops an attachment uh, to this nine year old girl named Katie who loses her parents in a car accident, and she's sent to live with her aunt Gemma, played by Allison Williams, who's this uh, roboticist. And uh, she's and she's kind of you know she's not really you know she's she's pretty obsessive with uh, developing this Megan android even though it's against her um, her boss's uh, wishes uh, you know because they're spending money and time uh, to do it and uh, when she creates this uh, Megan prototype um, this this uh, this android takes a takes a liking and uh, develops a bond with Katie, who's very quiet. You know, she she just wants to you know find a friend, and so this android becomes her friend, and you know they they develop a um, a sort of like a almost like a quasi paternalistic or or sisterly bond, and uh, as the film as the film unfolds. Um, Megan, as as Megan develops more intelligence, uh, she starts to become much more hostile, much more deadly, 
um, there's a scene where she does something rather untoward towards the uh, neighbor's dog. Uh, there's also a scene where she she chases she chases after this this bully this boy who's bothering Katie in the woods, and interestingly, instead of running after him normally. Uh, Megan crawls on all fours and just like runs after the kid like a beast and who boy she pulls a Mick Foley if you know what I mean um, think Mick Foley versus Vader what happened in that oh, match <laughs> and I was like and I saw the unrated version so you got to see some Stretch Armstrong type action involving that ear but um but yeah, I I, th- I thought it I thought it was a I thought it was a terrific film. Um, I really I really enjoyed some of the little um, stylistic touches, like for example, like it's uh, how it perfectly emulates all those kids commercials, like with the dolls and whatnot. Come to think of it, like growing up, even like thirty some odd years later, it hasn't changed. The style hasn't changed, like you know. Just the bright colors and like you know you know oh buy buy this doll like so oh, place that sold separately it's like man the same methods the more things change the more they say the same if it ain't broke don't try to fix it yep exactly and uh, yeah man it's uh it's 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 a it's a pretty good film it's a pretty good time um it's if if you're if you're a fan of uh of um of like sci-fi horror thriller uh, films with some pretty with some pretty um pretty smart ideas um, about uh, parenting about loss about you know how what it says about uh, technology uh, technology and humanities and specific, specifically children's relationships with technology check out Megan um, you know like I, I think I think with with the way AI is developing Maybe this is the future in real life, you know. Instead of sticking kids in front of a tab, sticking a tablet in front of a kid, you just put them in front of a in front of an Android, and uh, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you can watch that Android, uh, you know, Mick Foley somebody's ear. You know, it's 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 a great time. You know, I don't know what lesson that would teach a kid, but whatever. You know, if we're not careful with AI, maybe that's where we go. But but yeah, but yeah, check it out, Megan. It's on uh, Peacock. And I also saw another film in theaters. Uh, first film I saw in theaters this year, and it's a hell of a film. Creed three. Oh, ah, don't spoil it. Oh. Don't spoil it. Don't oh spoil no, it. I won't spoil it. Uh, but yeah, Creed three. It's uh, starring and directed by Michael B. Jordan. This is his directorial debut, and man, he's a hell of a talent behind the camera as much as he is in front. Uh, this film, it's a. Uh, it's the uh, ninth overall film in the Rocky Creed universe, the first film without Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Um, so this film it shows uh, uh, Adonis Creed. He's raising his family. Um, uh, he's retired from from the the boxing ring, and uh, his uh, latest opponent is Jonathan Majors' character, uh, Dame Damian Dame Ander- Anderson, who was a childhood friend of his who's just released from prison. He spent a twenty-year, did a twenty-year bid, and he's coming for everything Adonis Creed wants. He said, "Has he says that you know, basically, you're living my life. You know, you, you got your success, you got your mansion, you got your money, you got your your woman, your family. I'm coming for it all. I want what's coming to me. I want what you took from me." And man, Jonathan Majors, yo, this dude is a force of nature. Yeah, yeah, he's listen. Watched him in Lovecraft Country. Yes. 
watched him in Ant Man and enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah. He's now this. First of all, when I first saw that, when the trailer first dropped, mm-hmm. and I saw that it was Michael B. Jordan versus Jonathan Majors, mm-hmm. I went to my buddy Matt. I was like, "Yo, Matt, Creed three trailer just came out." He's like, "Yeah, it's him against Jonathan Majors." Like, we got excited like it was going to be a real fight that we had to order on pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah. And watch at his bar, Pine Street Social Club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's worth checking out, man. All right. It's All right, I'm, be- I'm, behind on my, I'm behind on the movie theaters. Like, I've still got to watch Cocaine Bear. <laughs> I still haven't seen that either. It, it's on Amazon Prime now. Oh, sweet. Yeah, probably not for free streaming, but like... Oh, like, like a premium rental? Yeah. Okay. Um... What was another one? Creed three. Yep. I think I know there's something else too. That so you, I haven't seen. You say you saw Quantumania? Yes. Okay. Uh, speaking of Quantumania, um, what what did you make of the uh, Modoc CG? Because I heard a lot of terrible oh, things about they, it. They they did him dirty. They did him dirty. I didn't like it. Mm. I didn't like it. Yeah. That's one of my major flaws of the movie. Yeah, because I did see a screenshot of it. And I was like. That's really that's pretty, my that's pretty lazy drawing job. of my drawing of Modoc looked better than that. Yeah, I thought I thought I thought like what I saw uh, the screenshot from Warnock from Quantum Quantumania was pretty lazy. That's some lazy shit. Like this is how Modoc's supposed to look. He kind of has that crank from Ninja Turtles look. Yeah, crazy, very alien looking. Yeah, if you can see yeah, it, you kinda yeah, yeah, it. if you can see it up close. That's how. That's how. That's Mor- my workout. But anyway. <laughs> yep. That's how Modoc's supposed to look. Great, great drawing, by the way, Carl. Thank you. Yeah. You know, alien, very, you know, craggy face, you know, craggy giant head. But what I saw in Quantumania, like, oh, that screenshot, I was it, like, yeah, it didn't translate well into the theater, into movies. Yeah, I was like, that's it. Like, I was like, wait a minute. Like, don't they have? Don't they have a, a stop motion TV show on Hulu? Voice by Patton Oswalt. Why couldn't they just get Patton Oswalt's Modoc? That would have been easier. I think one thing I remember, they wanted to get Jim Carrey to do it. Oh, man. Missed opportunity, ain't it? That really is. Because even then, if they would have took... Because Jim Carrey's his face is so, like, animated. Mm-hmm. That, like, even if they if they would have made it Modoc, it would have been, like... Uh, that you, been. you would still wouldn't have been able to take... Especially because he tried to be funny in the movie. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't hit right. You would have put Jim Carrey in that role, gave him those same lines. You'd be like, hey. yeah. Oh man, Ugh. leaving money on the table. Yeah. Oh, what a shame. It, it is, but overall, like I didn't think the bit. I think um, I thought the movie was actually pretty good. Mm. The the movie, yeah, it was good. It's. Going more into depth with like Kang's character and the variants and stuff, like there's there is a lot to dissect. And you just got you just gotta trust the process. Like everybody's being very critical of the MCU because everybody's too impatient. They don't want the, they want that instant gratification now. Like they want endgame now. Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, you gotta remember it took us ten years to get to endgame. Eleven. Yeah, about yeah, eleven years. About eleven years. Yeah, it took that, and we really didn't get much of Thanos's action until Phase Two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, yo, 
Well, okay, we already know who the big bad is, but it's like, all right, there's more to explore. Let's, and there's still more characters to introduce. So it's like, let's get there. Plus, I'm over here. I'm already hearing a rumor that Moon Knight season two, he's gonna fight uh, Ramatut's Kang variant. Oh, okay. I'm like, hmm. You know what? I'm for it. Hmm. Nah. Okay. You're not ready yet? Yeah, I'm not. That doesn't really thrill me. Because, like, if, if King's just going to be, like, just, like, if everyone's going to fight uh, Kang clones or variants everywhere, it's like, all right. I think what it is is, like, they, they're, yeah, they're just going to be minions, but then it's just going to take everybody to actually stop actual Kang. Hmm. All right, well, we'll, 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 we'll see. Trust the process. Because hmm. DC still can't get this shit together, apparently. Oh, yeah, that's the third hmm. one, Shazam. Yeah, Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Yeah. You do not sound excited. For somebody who loved the first one, you do not sound excited for this one. Yeah, I guess I guess I'm just over it, man. Like, Fury of the, Fury of the Gods, like, it just didn't really excite me. No? No. Nope, not even a wiggle? Not even a little. I'm like, well, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, since we're all set with cat, nerd catch up, I'm going to hit you with the on the off the cuff subject matter. Okay. We're going to hit each other off with off the top Mount Rushmore's. Mount Rushmore's. Okay. So I'm going to start off and hit you with. Your Mount Rushmore of movie directors. Oh, okay. Mount Rushmore of movie directors. So that means it's just four, right? Yeah. Okay. Here, top four. Top four directors. Oh, man. Um, I got to put Spike Lee on there. Like, okay. Like, do the right thing, Malcolm X. She hate me. She hate me. 25th Hour, uh, Black Klansman, The Five Bloods, uh, Crooklyn. I love Crooklyn so much. Yeah, yeah, Crooklyn's good dope. Man, man, yes, yeah, Spike Lee, like, you talk about one of the great American filmmakers. That's one right there. Mm -hmm. Um, Martin Scorsese. How did I know you was going to say Martin (laughs) Scorsese right now? Yeah, got to put Martin Scorsese on there, man. Okay. Um, Goodfellas. Irishman, Taxi Driver, man, Wolf of Wall Street. That was yeah, that was Scorsese. Yeah, yeah. Um, who else? Who else on that Mount Rushmore? Mm. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm. Oh man, I'm really thinking about this. Um, I'm gonna put uh, Hong Kong filmmaker Wong Kar Wai. <laughs> Oh, I thought it was Wong Kar Wai. Wong Kar Wai. Yeah, yeah, Wong Kar Wai. Love his films. In the Mood for Love, Chunking Express, Fallen Angels, Happy Together. Yeah, just so dope. And then the fourth one on the Mount Rushmore. Mm. Man. Who, who, would be, who would be on there? You know, I'm going to go with... If I had to choose just one more name, 
I'm gonna go with Alfred Hitchcock. Really? Yeah. I'm yeah. Go with, yeah, Master of Suspense, man. Imagine if he were alive today. Mm. I wonder, yeah, if, if if Hitchcock was was around today, if he was born much later and was still directing movies, yeah, he'd um, be interesting to see like his his style. Good evening. <laughs> okay, not bad, not All right. bad. Yeah. All right, hit me with it. All right. Uh, your uh, Mount Rushmore of hip hop producers. Woo! All right, Dr. Dre. Okay. Timbaland. All right. Just Blaze. Just Blaze. And Jay Dillon. Mmm. Nice. Yeah. Late great. The late great Jay Dillon, man. That's a, that's that's a solid lineup right there. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I thought you was gonna make me think. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I wanna Mount Rushmore of Denzel Washington movies. Ooh, man. Okay, okay. Well, you gotta put Malcolm X on there. Okay, absolutely. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, I gotta put Training Day on there. Yeah, you got the Oscar. Yeah, you got the Oscar for that. And, I mean, the King Kong monologue. I mean, I'm putting cases on all you, you bitches. <laughs> Shoe program. Anyway, I could, I could recite it. Uh, man. Um, hmm. Man. I would put... You're right, too. Glory? Mm. Well, he, I mean, he was supporting actor in that one, which he won the Oscar for. Uh, I'll put Devil in a Blue Dress. Not yeah. mad at it. Yeah, because that, that, that was really good. And then... Um, hmm. You know, I'm going to go with Inside Man. I'll go with Inside Man. I would have went with... Me- uh, oh, damn. Damn, there's still Man on Fire and Book of Eli. Those are good. Those are good. <laughs> Especially the plot twist at the end. Oh, of a Book of Eli? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yo, Gary Oldman went through all that <laughs> to find out that the book was in Braille and Denzel was blind the entire time. <laughs> yeah. I was like, and he memorized it. Yeah, he did. He did. I was like, Man, this this movie right here, yeah. Man, that movie came out 13 years ago, man. Yeah, no, that was that was such a good movie. Yeah, that was. All right, hit me. All right, uh, let's see. Your Mount Rushmore of hmm. Your Mount Rushmore of best. Spider-Man comics. Damn. All right. Best Spider-Man comics. Hmm. 
I can't say I read so many of them. So I'm gonna give some some uh, hits. It was one when Norman Osborn actually impregnated Gwen Stacy. Damn. Yeah. That's fucked up. Y'all think? Oh, listen, Spider Man gets dark. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. Um, it was that one. Uh, Todd McFarlane's uh, Spider Man run. I like that. The Spider-Man, yeah, the Spider-Man Venom run. Uh, Spider-Man versus Eddie Brock. Yep. Because that was, that was what Eddie Brock was supposed to be. Mm. Yeah. Um, this is a doozy. This was good. Uh... I guess Spider-Man... Okay, Spider-Man for, marries Mary Jane because finally it's like the nerd finally gets the girl. Mm-hmm. And... I would probably say the recent one with um, Nick Spencer. Um, actually, you know what? I like I like the last hunt. The la- the recent last Nick Spencer's last hunt when he was uh, going against Craven the Hunter, okay. and uh, he collected Craven ended up collecting every single vil- animal villain and put them together to like to fight each other, and then it turns out that Craven's son, which is like clone son, which is like much more powerful, Craven was uh yeah was the in- was the antagonist. So yeah, Ooh, that was a hard one, but yeah, those okay. four. Nice. All right. Your top, your Mount Rushmore of Image Comic titles. Oh, okay. Image Comic titles. Okay, okay. Hmm. Um. Well, I gotta go with. I gotta add Saga. Of course. On there. Um. Yeah, I, 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 gotta, I gotta catch up on that series. Oh yeah, I'm all caught up. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. No spoilers. I will not do that. <laughs> yep, but I will catch up. Um, hmm. Series. I'll go with. Uh, I'll go with Skyward. That was a that was a personal favorite of mine. That was like a fifteen issue run. Okay. Um. The fade out. Uh, Ed Ed. Uh, Brew Baker and Sean Phillips. It was like a, it was it was collected in like one graphic novel, but it's like a, I think it was like a, eight to ten issue run, I think. All right. Yeah, it's like a, it's like film noir in like a comic book form. Uh, and then there was one more, which which, I had to do just one more image comic. Um, hmm, man. Could go with. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll I'll go with uh, the good Asian. Yeah, you did like that one. Did that finish yeah. up? It did. Yeah, okay. it was uh, ten issues. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I would love to see that adapted adapted, adapted as a like a mini series. 
that would be really cool. Okay. All right. Let's see. Mount Rushmore. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, what's your Mount Rushmore of pro wrestling commentators? Jim Ross. By God. Joey Styles. Oh, my God. Gordon Soley. Suplay. And you know what? Vince. Really? Vincent Kennedy McMahon. What am I over? But you know what? That excitement, it it drove you in. His energy did drive you into the commentary booth. He was a good commentator, though. He He was. was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. You know, this is a total debacle. (laughs) I remember his quotes from WrestleMania, the arcade game. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Nice. All right. All right. Mount Rushmore of video game franchises. Ooh, video game franchises. Okay. Resident Evil. Not surprised, but go ahead. Yeah. I got I'm definitely playing part four, the remake. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah. Um hmm. all right, Resident Evil Four. If I think in franchises hmm. Oh the way they're God of War. Um, yeah. Of course. Yep. Yep. God of War. Hmm. Yeah, this Oh man, what 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 do I choose? Um, nah, not that. Uh, mm, kind of. Mm. I'll throw Uncharted in there. They all told good stories. They 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 did. Um, and Zelda. Yeah, you get. No, no Final Fantasy. No, like Final Fantasy is. Um, I, I was thinking of about Final Fantasy because I really like Final Fantasy ten and twelve. Um, seven. I've never finished seven. I've never played the remake. Oh, but I have the remake. It's been downloaded for a while <laughs> ago. Um, haven't played eight. Um, haven't played nine. You played. You had fifteen. I had 15. 15 excellent gameplay, gorgeous graphics, but just weak story and characters. Okay. So I can't really get behind it. I'm hoping Final Fantasy 16 raises the bar. Game of Thrones and Chocobos? Hey, I'm I'm down for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. Hit me. All right. Um let's see. What's a what's a good What's a good Mount Rushmore? Um Hmm. Your uh, Mount Rushmore of women's wrestlers. My Mount Rushmore of women's wrestlers. All right. Well. Not named Trish Rolita. Leave my friends alone. <laughs> I wasn't in the press. I was like, they didn't get me in the show. <laughs> I was like... Oh, you were in. You were in. Nah, but I was oh. like, you know what? I got the memories in the in the videos on our YouTube content. Um, that's right. That's what counts. I, yeah, yeah. That's all it was. I wasn't even mad at all. 
But um, okay, women's wrestlers. I'm gonna go with Alundra Blaze, aka Medusa. Mm-hmm. Sherry Martel. I would say Mae Young, but it's just I never saw her. Yeah, me neither. And by the time I saw her like do anything, she was old and she was just kind of a she was a novelty act at that point. Yeah. Um. Okay. I'm gonna throw Oscar in there. Mm-hmm. And Bo Nakano. Mm, okay. All right. Some legendary names right there. Okay. You know, I'll take out Bo Nakano and put in Mickey James. Ah, solid one. Yeah. Yeah. She can still go. She can. Yep. I was so shy when I met her years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it was at a signing at Circuit City. <laughs> oh, man. That is a throwback. <laughs> Throwback okay, right all right. Mount Rushmore of debut albums. Debut mm. hip-hop albums. Ooh. Debut albums. Man, Mount Rushmore. Well, Illmatic. Mm-hmm. Reasonable Doubt. Mm-hmm. Oh, 36 Chambers. Not mad at it. Uh, that would be the fourth one. Um... Yeah, they they made better albums, but I did like I did like that one. Um I was gonna go with Southern Playlist of Cadillac Music, but they made better albums. Yeah, they have. Uh so my fourth one for a debut album. No, not that one either. Dang. I'm trying to trying to think who had some debut albums. Um hmm. no. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm scrambling to think of like a fourth one. <laughs> uh, um, damn, damn, I, I, I'm 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 really struggling to think of a fourth one. Wow, really? <laughs> yeah, like like I was trying to think of something like maybe a bit more recent. But um, nah, you got you got to go with one that just like that never left your CD or CD player or tape deck. Hmm. Um. I'll go with. I'll go with America's Most Wanted by Ice Cube. Really? Okay. Yeah. I'm not mad at it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not mad at it. All right. Give me this so, little. Hit me with one, and then we can wrap up with one. Which, when I'll wrap up with one for you. All right. It's got to be a good one. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. Come. Dang. Let me. Dang. I, I had one. I had. I just had one. I, I wish I wrote it down. Damn. Um. Oh. Oh. Your Mount Rushmore of the worst WrestleManias. Oh, the worst WrestleManias. All right, the worst. I mean, seven. And 
can you remind me who, what was the main event for those uh, shows? Hogan and uh, Slaughter. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Everybody's going to want me to say nine, but I loved the look and the atmosphere of nine. It was the first outdoor WrestleMania, which made it fun for me. It wasn't the best show, but I, it was the first outdoor WrestleMania, and I like, I enjoyed that whole look. You know, the whole Macho Man coming out, coming out with women carrying them and feeding them grapes. That's a dream. But then also, yep. and then followed up with uh, Bobby Bobby Heenan struggling on a camel. <laughs> As a kid, that was fun. Um, Undertaker versus Giant Gonzalez. <laughs> A.K.A. Raquel Gonzalez's stepfather. Really? Yeah. Wow, man. Does that technically make Raquel Gonzalez a second-generation wrestler? I don't think so because that step's not biological. Oh, I guess depending on like how the relationship is. Yeah. Was. Um. Who worst? Okay, so you got WrestleMania seven so far. 11. Yeah. Sixteen or two thousand. Yeah, that was a bad show. McMahon in every corner. You sure you don't want to add nine? Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. Is that the one with um? Wait, WrestleMania twenty. That was twenty two thousand twelve, right? That was the the Rock versus John Cena. No, I guess I'll throw a nine. Because, yeah, because twenty-eight was a good show. Yeah, yeah. I guess I'll throw. I guess I'll throw a nine because of yeah. the poor match quality, but just the yeah. setting alone would made me love that. So, all right, let me hit you. With Mount Rushmore of Martin Scorsese films. Ah. Mm. Okay. He made so many classics, but I got to pick four. Four. All right. Um, you got to go with Goodfellas. Got it. You know. Rest in peace, Ray, Li- Ray, Ray Liotta. Mm-hmm. Yep, um, that was a movie. That was a movie that in, that basically inspired so many hip hop albums. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hmm. Let me, let me let me let me think of some other ones. You know, I'm, I'm gonna go unconventional here. I'm gonna go with uh, the Age of Innocence. All right. Yeah, that's with uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Winona Ryder. It's like not your typical Martin Scorsese film, but it's also one of his best. It takes place in like late 1800s New York high society, the meh crowd. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's really good. Um, hmm. Let's see. Huh? I I know that it's a, it's a well-known classic, but you got to throw it in there. Raging Bull. Okay. Yeah, Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci. 
uh, one of the great uh, boxing movies. And hmm, for his next one, <clears throat> gosh, this is a lot. You know, I'm gonna go with uh, a, a recent film of his, relatively recent film of his that's underrated. I'm gonna go with Silence. Really? Yeah, with uh, Adam Driver and uh, Andrew Garfield and Liam Neeson. That was a really good movie. That it didn't. It it was really underrated. I honestly thought that you was gonna go with the Irishman, but I thought about it. I thought about the Irishman. I also thought about the Departed, but I was like, well, since you got Goodfellas in there, you know, I I, I wanted to get get away from like the just mob. the crime, the mob and crime movies that he's done. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be my Mount Rushmore of like okay, the big right. package. Nice. All right. Not bad. Yeah, yeah, it's got some, got some, got some good ones. Yeah, good, good, good shit. Good Thought good about shit. it on my way home from work. I was like, you know what? Nice. You know, I was like, I'm gonna do it on the spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, some some good Mount Rushmores here. Uh, yeah, let us know, uh, uh, listeners and viewers, uh, what your Mount Rushmores are for whatever topic. Um, uh, worst WrestleManias, best WrestleManias. I know it's WrestleMania season. Um, if I had to go with uh, worst WrestleManias for me, definitely nine. Um, 32 32 yeah that one was that one wasn't great yeah 32 wasn't good um i'll probably throw 30 no not not 34 yeah definitely wrestlemania 2000 just nothing but multi-man matches yeah not one singles match (laughs) no (laughs) and that main event wasn't all that and of course wrestlemania 9 yeah i mean people might say people might say like there are there are worse WrestleManias in those like WrestleMania two you can add in there but I never watched it never will but I've heard it's it's heard it's a, heard it's a bad show that two was a great concept poorly executed yeah because of the three the three uh oh, three arenas yeah yeah I think it was like it was a concept that was ahead of its time thank you because but... it could work now oh yeah yeah but back then they didn't really have like the means to pull it off well yeah yeah. But yeah, man. Uh, yeah, that's that's what we got. Uh, let us know what y'all think. Um, we got some more nerd goodness in the oven. We'll have more guests in the future. Uh, Carl, tell the good people where they can find our show. Well, you can find us on all uh, all podcasting uh, platforms. So uh, I don't even need to go down the list because you can just Google Codex Prime Podcast and you will find them. You can also find us on all social media platforms. Thank you, all. We're watching on Facebook Live, Twitter, Cortex Prime Cast, Instagram, at Cortex Prime Podcast. And also, for night two of WrestleMania, you can find me or perhaps Victor hosting the uh, WrestleMania uh, watch party over at Moonshine Alley in downtown Providence, where we will be hosting a Q&A with former WWE superstar Maven. And we'll be uh, discussing his uh, WrestleMania 18 match along with other, uh, with you know, and other uh, questions that will be held. There's going to be meet and greets, great food, great drinks. Come on out, enjoy WrestleMania. If you don't want to, just if you actually want to go out and just have a blast with some good people and some good wrestling fans, come on out. And you know, it's going to be a great time. It's going to be a great time. Nice. Awesome. And hopefully I'll probably be selling my mixtape by then. Should be out probably by the end of this week. Nice. Rise of the Blend Panther. 
Hell yeah. yeah. And also, please uh, follow me on Mixcloud at MrBird1027, where I'll be putting out um, just mixes here or there, you know, different themes. I already got a couple of stuff, uh, got a couple of themes cooking. You know, I got uh, my Jerry Curl mix, <laughs> Jerry to the 80s, my uh, high top fade and parachute, uh, parachute pants mix. Nice. Dedicated to the new Jack Swing era. Yep. Um, my tribute to Def Jam Fight for New York will be coming soon. Okay. 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 I got two of them up. Please just like, say, you know, share, subscribe. All you know, all that mess. Same thing with the podcast. Anything that we do, trust me. We thank you for your support already, and we thank you for your continued support. Let's keep this going, cause. If you thought 2022 was dope for Codex, yeah, yeah, we we got more hot fire coming out, coming out. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yo, our our show our show is gonna be top five, right? It's gonna be Dylon, 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 Dylon. Cause we spit hot fire. That's right. That's right. No sugar cookie getters. <laughs> no sugar. <laughs> That's right. No sugar cookie getters over here. I rip and I rhyme. I rhyme and I rip. This is the way Dylan spit. You trying to get some of this hot fire? Oh yeah. So yeah, we're we got more stuff coming at you next week. Same Codex time, same Codex channel. I know next week is going to be the go home shows for Raw and SmackDown. Then we're going to have WrestleMania 39. We'll have some uh we'll have some surprises. We'll have some guests come on for our WrestleMania review. Oh yeah, absolutely, you know. Uh that's that's going to be hot fire right there. So yeah, man, just uh just tune in. Thank y'all for for your support and hey, please feel free to send us an email codexprimepodcast at gmail.com. I haven't checked the out the out inbox. I, I see here's the thing. Now like I really re-downloaded my Gmail app that's connected to the uh to the codex email, I just delete as they go. So yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Let, let let us know um, uh, if you sent us uh, an email. We'll check the spam folder. Hopefully, it didn't end, didn't end up there. But yeah, uh, yeah. Thank you all for watching and listening. As always, we will catch you on the flip. Peace out, nerds. Later.